Hello, home. Hello, home. Every. Hello, home. Everybody. Welcome to the podcast. We are the Lanky Guys. I'm Lanky One, known as Father Peter. And I'm Scott Powell. I'm sick of saying it. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> dude, dude, I actually just claimed Lanky One, dude. I don't know if I'm actually Lanky One. You're, I'm it's gonna, fine. I'm going to humble myself on the side of the Lord. No, it's cool. You can be Lanky One. You're the pastor. You know, uh, beware of those who have others at their beck and call, for they will be driven to the grave. Yeah, man. Remember, remember that one? I'm always like worried about that, because I've got like a lot of employees. At your beck and call? At my beck and call. Are they? Are any of them at your beck and call? No, absolutely. Actually, you know what? Thank you for relieving my conscience. <laughs> <laughs> We're all a little bit wild over here. It's it's pretty crazy. That's because we've been in the wilderness, but now we're in civilization again. Which, oh yeah, we which, are. Which have you Only ever temporarily seen? Temporarily for me. Yeah, have you seen the um the movie The Dare to Uzala? I don't know what you're talking. No, no, I haven't. I could have just given a simple no. <laughs> <laughs> Dare to Uzala is this like really obscure movie from the '60s about this Japanese tracker lost in Russia who meets a Russian survey team and becomes <laughs> friends with the captain, but okay. ha- but struggles to like live inside because like the captain uh, um, they they called him Goldies, and uh, and so okay. this Goldie had like a hard time like acclimating to like interior life in Russia. And so wow. then he was released back into the wild. And I feel like that that's kind of like you, you know? Like me? Uh-huh. I'm really <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're like a, you're like a Japanese man trapped in a, a, a Russian town um trying to find his way, but but then yeah, then he got caught for like cutting down trees in the park. It's I really, didn't do that. It's a really sensitive and good movie. I yeah. highly What's uh, it called again? Dertsu Utsala. Okay. I can't I can't spell that. <laughs> no. Nobody can. Well, that's all right because I don't know why. It's um, it's the solemnity of the most holy body and blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Today. Corpus Christi Sunday, as it is colloquially called. Colloquially. I have no, I have no response to <laughs> No, that. you don't. Yeah. Uh, clearly, clearly not. Yeah, dude, Corpus Christi. Yeah, I dude. mean, they uh, they commissioned good old St. Thomas to uh, do the uh, the poetry and the rites of benediction for Corpus Christi. All, no. all the songs, in, like the Tantum Ergo, the Solitaris, oh. are... Um, are songs written by St. Thomas Aquinas. For this feast? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, or this solemnity, I'm This sorry. solemnity, because it cool. used to be that like little old ladies, little nonas, would uh, hire the priests. They would give you a little stipend to hold up the uh, Blessed Sacrament longer during the elevation because they wanted to adore Jesus. Really? Yeah, so that's why... Uh, ad- that's really beautiful. Adoration yeah. uh, to the mouth. So what was happening oh. is that you were anticipating wow. the moment when you get to, got to receive. But wow. as anybody can tell you, if you ever shop on Amazon, yep. half of the fun is waiting is anticipation. Is it really? Dude, it is. Come on. Have you ever bought anything really big on the internet and you're like, <laughs> I can't wait to get it? No. No. You, but I am sitting in the shadow of the couch-sized <laughs> printer you've just bought. <laughs> it's Literally, you guys, you have no idea how big this couch is. <laughs> it's um what did i just say you said this couch it, he meant printer what's really funny is that you were totally clear and now you're totally distracted i know was i yeah you, you were well, like, I, I just kind of realized that we actually have to do the show <laughs> i want to i want to do it well me too and that's why we're not going to run the printer during the show no no I okay t- i took a picture for some folks and, and i sent it to them 
Okay. And they were, and like people. Am I one of those folks? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> and, and you saw it and you were like, oh, that's not that impressive. No. But and, then I saw it in person. And then you're like, oh and my it could, gosh. It could eat me if it wanted to. You know, like I actually think I had a nightmare about it gaining teeth. Oh, that would be horrifying. Yeah. By the way, if you guys are wondering why Father Peter might have a printer the size of a Volkswagen, it's because he's just started his printing company. He's printing maps of the Camino. San Pellegrino. No. no that's the drink. No, it's uh, Via Peregrino. Sorry, I didn't mean to make... I, that wasn't actually meant the, to be a San, It just was the first thing that came to my we head. We do drink San Pellegrino in Via Peregrini. So See? Via Peregrini, it's a, it's a, it's a map and a, and, a, and a pilgrim's passport for the Camino de Santiago, so in Spain, in Spain, um, which you're about to uh, walk, depart to. Yeah, we have to. On. We have to work our technology out. Yeah, we will. Not today, though. No, not today. But what's going to be fun is that uh, if any of you guys are walking, then uh, write to us, and I will. Uh, I'm just about to go live and start to sell these bad boys as, as, as soon as I can figure out how to run the printer. If you've <laughs> ever had printer issues, just imagine a printer that's so big that the printer issues are just bigger, man. Other printers could live inside of this printer. <laughs> like a whole family of a whole flock, a gaggle of printers could yeah, be living inside. Of them. They have like a, it's like a host printer. <laughs> but dude, let's let's get. Let, okay. What do you say we let's get, get on, it on with this, dude? So the solemnity of the body and blood of Jesus Christ, Corpus Christi. So we're also, starting. Also, um, also? Uh, it, it overlaps with um, the feast of Saint John Fisher and Saint Thomas More. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, but but it's Sunday, so it's overlapped. It, it trumps over. No, overshadowed. Overshadows by the Holy yeah. Spirit. Well, we can still remember Saint John Fisher and Saint Thomas More because they're pretty cool. They're dude. solid. Word to the Chancellor. Word to the Chance. Okay, um, allure. So our first reading, <laughs> reading number one to Dave Ewing. It's, is that like Dave Ewing's patron saint? He is yeah. the chancellor of this archdiocese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I wonder, would that sort of automatically become his absolutely. patron? Cool. Yeah, he's the patron saint of chancellors of diocese. Well, here's to you on your, your little feast day, so word, David Ewing. Word to the Dave Ewing. Whoop, word whoop. to the Ewing. I don't know if he listens or not. Dude, if he does, he's feeling really honored He's right feeling now. the love, and you should. You're a good chancellor. All right, first reading is from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verses 2 through 3, and then it jumps all the way over to verse 14b through 16a. Okay. I know you have a little thing to say about that, which I is what t- I want to know. So we'll get there in a second. Don't hold your horses. I'm holding horses. Hold them. I've got to hold my horses. Psalm. Is 147, okay. verses 12 through 13 for the first strophe, 14 through 15 for the second strophe. 19 through 20 for the third strophe. Third strophe. And then uh, the verse uh, is taken from uh, verse 12. Neat. And then we have 1 Corinthians, a little wee little guy. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Oh, dude, I didn't even read it. It was so small. You missed it? I literally missed it because I started reading the sequence You were overwhelmed by the giant sequence, which comes after. (laughs) I think Thomas Coins wrote that too. Oh, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know, though. That's an unverified. And, And we don't, frankly, have time to go into the sequence this week. That'll yeah. be a whole different podcast. The sequence on the hill. The sequence <laughs> on the hill. <laughs> All right, but for now we have First Corinthians chapter ten, verses sixteen through seventeen, followed by the the Gospel of John. <laughs> Are you okay? I, dude, I what just like that? I don't know. I just started stuttering. Like I have yeah. this weird occasional stutter. Really? Yeah, and like I'll be like, like I try to get a word out, and I feel like piggity pig or whatever that kid is named. That 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 that, that, that. yet yeah, that's all, oh, folks. Uh, piggity pig. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Yosemite pig or whatever. No, um, uh, Porky pig. Is it Porky pig? Porky pig, dude. I got there. That's all, folks. Okay. Okay, that's all, folks. And, and this is John have, six oh, fifty-one to fifty-eight. Uh, yep. 
That's the gospel. That's the gospel. It's the go- bread of life. It's like bread the of life discourse. Yeah, it's like if you're ever wondering about the Eucharist, just read John chapter six. This is it. Unless okay. So let's go back to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, one of my favorite books in the Bible, believe it or not. Absolutely. Well, and it's because there's lots of dudes in it. <sighs> it actually studies the dudes of Dude. the Bible. No, it doesn't. The, it's the Deuteronomy. Stop it. <laughs> this is getting. No. <laughs> man, see it. Oh, man. Just when you had I a don't want to be the straight man of this podcast, but then you say something like that, and I'm like, no, that's not what it is. Dude, that's the best part I about this podcast. The straight is, that, man. is that neither of one of us are really the straight man on this broadcast. Meaning the serious man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um So I've got nothing else to say. Okay. Yeah, so, Deuteronomy. So, so here's I, where Go ahead. I, I'm no, <laughs> dude, I hear it. <laughs> No, seriously, go. <laughs> okay. I have lots to say, but I'll let you. Dude, I have lots to say. Well, okay. One of the things. Well, that... No, <laughs> that wasn't actually meant to be a joke. No, no, no. no. Okay. okay. I was trying to set you up because you there is a giant jump between verse 3 and then verse 14. And you said before the podcast, you're like, I can't believe that we jump over all this stuff in between. So, Father Peter, what are we jumping over? We are jumping over actually a, a really dynamic presentation of what does it actually mean to be blessed by the Lord and like because well because because essentially this whole bad boy okay no this whole bad boy is set up by these first verses bad says, boy being the uh, passage chap- chapter eight from Deuteronomy <laughs> got it <laughs> I don't know I don't this is what it's like to be at my household is that you just like you just kind of roll with whatever said, and you assume I'm that they're doing my best, man. I know this. Father Kevin calls it must logic, and I think my logic is beautiful. Must logic because I'm a, I'm a poet in my heart. You are, and um, so verse one. So verse this one. is it's just really important. The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to gave to your fathers. Yeah, and this is that's this verse is, one. Yeah, that's verse one, which we, you're not going to hear this. You're not going to hear. Sets us up. So it's it's just really interesting, and then and then what happens is that we dig in and we have the first part, which is just really beautiful, and and like the second part's going to be illuminated by this first part. <laughs> do you have an itch on your? Leg? No, I'm just antsy. I know. Do it, man. Make no, it have a job in. No. Well, because I'm going to explain well, okay. as we go along. So let me give the, the backdrop. So this is kind of my job, just to give the background, Deuteronomy, right? What's going yes. on? So and then you elucidate the scriptures after the elucidate. background. Has, this are sort of our jobs. Yep. Um, okay, so Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, a little background. Um, it's not about the dudes of the Old Testament. Deuter- <laughs> Deuteronomo. So what is Deuteronomy? De- Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy is a Greek it means term. second. So Deutero is second, and do you know what nomos means? Law. The second law. Nomos means law. So um, this is literally the second law. So if you think about kind of the schema of, of how things have been going, after Israel was freed from Egypt in the Exodus. They went to Mount Sinai. They gathered there. Moses went up on the mountain, and he receives the law par excellence, right? The Ten Commandments, which but was... If, but he breaks it first, and then he has to make another one because he was mad, but, but that's okay. Well, why was he mad, Father? Because they were worshiping gods of the old world that were not the true God of Israel. So here's the. this is the literary key to everything. So there is a law given. Um, and, you know, the ancient Jews, this is beautiful. They looked at the giving of the law on Mount Sinai was like the wedding vows of God to his people. Like God had been wooing them in Egypt. So they looked at the whole story of the Exodus, you know, with all the plagues and stuff and the mighty deeds God was doing. They looked at it like a like a like a, a future spouse trying to trying to impress his bride, right? Trying to trying to make her love him, to see how false these false lovers are, these these other gods 
that are all jerks and he wants to prove that no it's only me who loves you truly and these guys are jerks mm. and these are losers and they're fakes and they're phonies and I'm gonna I want to show you so he's he's not showing off is not the right term but he wants to show like look this is who wants to be with you this it's it's the it's the plot line for every romantic comedy ever made isn't yes. it sort of yes so there's is. the girl is with the wrong guy and the right guy is trying to prove to her how good of a guy he is that's sort of the story so then he brings her out into the wilderness. He proves that these gods are no gods. They come out into the wilderness, and the ancient Jews understood that to be the wedding ceremony. So Moses goes up on the mountain to get the vows, the wedding vows. And as they're getting the wedding vows, what's going on below? But they're sleeping with the caterer. As I've, I stole that from Scott Hahn or Tim Gurr or somebody. Yeah. But that's the idea. And so because of that, so because they broke that first law so profoundly and didn't worship the Lord their God and, and no one else, they worshiped Apis, this calf, it's because of that that they had to have a second law. So Deuteronomy and Leviticus, it kind of go hand in hand, only comes after this profound sin. It's plan B, literally. So because there was great sin, because they couldn't handle the freedom that God had given them, they had to have a plan B. And part of the structure of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, by the way, you know, we can't, if you know anything about Deuteronomy or if you've heard of it, we kind of think of it as this dull, boring, dry law book. But, um, you know, some, some scholars have actually called it the heartbeat of the Old Testament because it actually has the word heart more than any book of the Bible. Ooh. It's the heart is the heart. The heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. Yeah. As some people have said. Which, and, which is a really interesting thing that I'm going to bring up a little bit later okay. as we bring on to the podcast. You the hang on to that. The nature of the heart. Yeah. But what it's doing and really the, the scheme of Deuteronomy, it's it's and this is what it's doing at this point. The scheme of Deuteronomy, and this is the structure of, I think, all good catechesis is this merging of past, present and future telling the story of your past, bringing it into the present for the sake of your future. So at this moment that they're receiving Deuteronomy, Moses is looking back on how God has freed them from Egypt, what he has done for them, how he has wooed them. What does that mean right now? And what does it mean for the fact that we're about to enter into the promised land and become this free landed people? How do we do that? that this is also the structure of the mass, right? Christ has come. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We're bringing in mass. We bring the event of, of the past into the present for the sake of our future, right? Absolutely. That's so, that's the best. So that's everything. So that's what Moses is, is doing. Now, this particular moment, one thing to say, um, Deuteronomy chapters 6 through 11. So it's all, no, 6 through 28. So a big chunk of the book. Chapter 6 through 28, in which this falls, is really a commentary on the Ten Commandments and just bringing out all the themes of what God is trying to do mm. with you through the Ten Commandments. And really, chapter 6 through 11 yeah. is just a commentary on the First Commandment, on how much the Lord loves you, on how he is your God and none else, he alone, all these things. Now, this moment is actually reflecting, we're going to talk about the manna in just a second. But one thing, I was looking through my, my notes on Deuteronomy, and one thing I, I have in my notes, you know... Um, there's these three gods that, small g gods, that Deuteronomy warns the people against. So remember, at this point in the story, they're about to enter into the promised land. They're about to go in. They're going to be a freed people. They're not going to have to rely as readily on God, at least in a, you know what I mean? It, 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 it's, well, and, th and that's how this that's how this reading starts off. Exactly. It's, it's, well, and that's actually the section that we're, that's cut out in the middle. Yeah. Because what happens is it says, okay, you know what? There was a test. It wanted yeah. to, we wanted to know. The Lord is saying, "I want to know if you're willing to follow these commandments." Because guess right. what? You are going to be so abundantly blessed now. Well, that's the thing. And and so so as we're looking in this reading, it's like what we just get to part is like this is a test. Well, it's not of, though. Dude, I mean, really, Deuteronomy, the whole of chapter eight is a warning against materialism. 
Yes. It's which is it's not going to be the golden calf so much. It's going to be this new god of materialism, the worship of wealth, which Moses is saying has the capacity to drain our mind of its memory, to forget the way the things used to be. And so God mm. is saying, when you get to the promised land, you're going to have bounty and blessing. We won't eat whatever quail happens to fly by, right? Or whatever pomegranates. Whatever bread stuff. falls out of the sky. When you, you know, we'll have lots, we'll have abundance. And when you have lots, there's the danger of becoming self-sufficient. Yes. And when you become self-sufficient, you forget about God. When we can go to King Supers or Safeway and get everything we could possibly ever want to eat, you don't have to think about where your food came from. So you, it's, and remember, we talked about the idea of catechesis as memory, bringing the past into the present for the future. If you forget that there is a God who's actually providing all of these things at all times, then you're going to forget that there's a God who loves you and you're going to reflect on yourself and you're going to be self-sufficient. And you're going to think we don't need to trust and rely on him every more because we're rich. And that mm. is the state of affairs. I mean, whatever you're, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are by any measure of global measurements, you are rich. If you have an iPhone or an iPod or something like that or a car to listen to this in, you are rich by worldly standards. We've got stuff. We are able to be self-sufficient, right? And that's what this is warning against. Don't forget where all of this came from. Don't forget where God has led you from. Yeah. Don't forget that one point you had to trust that bread would fall from the sky or you would go hungry and starve and die. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's my spiel. Yeah, well, and, and that's and that's actually why I'm sad that that this middle section kind of gets cut off because it's it's exactly what we need a warning for, yeah. and 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 because of our trust in the Lord, hmm. like you can actually have abundance, you can right. be wealthy, and that's right. actually what the middle of this this section of, of and of that's not a bad thing. Says. God's no. giving that to them. He says, no, but it's cool. But He says, "I want to know in your heart, are you willing to follow after Me? Yeah, I'm going to take you through scarcity, but I, it's not because I want you to live in scarcity. I, I want you to follow after Me, yeah. so that when abundance comes, you're not all jacked up by it." <laughs> Poetic. Hey, yes, that's right. You know, hey, that's that's just how I roll, man. That it's is like, uh, and then and then it's then we have to go through fiery serpents and scorp and scorpions and thirsty scorpions. ground, and um, yeah, so that he might humble you and test you to do good in the end. Yeah, beware lest you say in your heart, "My power and my the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth." Bam. Right. It's like no, if if unless it's a blessing, you're gonna. It's it's kind of like this. Have you ever gotten a? Have you ever gotten a, like a speeding ticket? I got one the other day. Never. No. Yes, I have. I've gotten many. Oh, but you know how like you know it's like at the end of the day after you're looking at your speeding ticket and you're going like, <laughs> man, I guess I do have this money. Hmm. It's like it always feels. I always think in my heart, I'm like, you know what? I bet you that there is some way in which I have been stingy with my life, and so I have to pay a ticket. Yeah. And I always, I always look at all of my tickets as coming directly from God. <laughs> And that, That's a and that they're gifts to remind kind of a me. Beautiful way to for, for to be generous. Yeah, because I could have been generous with that hundred and twenty five dollar ticket that I got on my motorcycle mm. on thirtieth and Belmont. Oh man, I know it was it was a beautiful morning though. That's the worst. I wasn't I wasn't being dangerous, mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Marie. Um, oh, okay. One other thing about this passage, um, because this is the solemnity of the body and blood of Christ, Corpus Christi, but. Where is it? It's it's actually all over this. So he, he said, Moses said to the people, remember how for 40 years the Lord fed you and he directed your journey, da-da-da-da-da. 
He says, he therefore let you be afflicted with hunger, and then he fed you with manna, a food unknown to you and your fathers, in order to show you that not by bread alone does one live. And then we jump down. Um, he says, don't forget the Lord brought you out of slavery, uh, da, 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 who brought you forth water from the flinty rock and fed you in the desert with manna, a food unknown to your fathers. The thing that's repeated a couple of times in this passage is, oh, remember the manna? A food unknown to your fathers. Deuteronomy keeps kind of trying to drill it into your head that that this manna was not something anyone had ever heard of before. It was totally unprecedented, a food unknown to your fathers. And I actually think that's the sort of exegetical key for this whole thing. Mm. The food that it keeps reiterating. Remember that manna? It was totally unknown. It was totally unprecedented. Nobody ever expected that you'd have bread from heaven. Oh, I see what you're doing. I mean, it's it's there, but I think that's sort of what the scriptures are. That's what I see. As I was reading through it, I was reading this last night, and I kept seeing it, like, blinking like this beacon. It was unknown, unknown to your fathers, unprecedented. I was like, that's kind of cool. It's really cool. Yeah. I tweeted something. Just now? That you didn't know. Oh, it no. was unknown to Scott Powell. I tweeted, I said, I said, recording the podcast now, say a prayer that Scott Powell has something interesting to say. Seriously? I did. Did and you think I was getting long-winded? With a, with a smiley face. I'm no, long-winded. I did. No, you're not long-winded, I, but some other people liked it. Okay, we got to move on. Okay. We meant for this to be a short podcast. <laughs> no, we're, there's no such thing as a short podcast. That's what I said. You said the earth. All right. Okay. Psalm 147. 147. 147. Praise uh, the Lord, Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Glorify the Lord, Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Okay, you Zion. have some thoughts. Um, I do too. I have some thoughts. Um, and I'll try to interrupt I you. I mean, it's mine. about it's about wheat and stuff, <laughs> That's, which, which is a pretty good giveaway. Okay. Be, because yeah, wheat and stuff. Totally. Wheat, wheat and Bread. stuff. Um, wheat. The, he's granted peace in your borders. He. Mm. Um, okay, this is actually this is an interesting thing again. We're talking about land. Lank. Land. Sorry. Land. We're talking about lanky land. Lanky land. Lanky land, dude. That's the promised land is sort of lanky. Like, you know, it's kind of strippy. It is. Okay. <laughs> but uh, like, uh, w- follow these ordin- ordinances mm. so that you can enter into the land and eat of the abundance of it. Yeah. But remember that the manna that God gave you, that he provided for you in this in these kind of really wild and difficult moments so that when you have this abundance, you're like, oh, yeah. Do you remember how special that was? Yeah. Okay. Well, here it says he's granted peace in your borders. He f- With the best wheat, he fills you. He sends forth his command to the earth, swiftly runs his word. Mm. And um, so it's just really, I think it's just actually, I mean, that's just really kind of straightforward at the heart of what's trying to be said. Yeah. Um. Uh, I had another thought in the book that I was reading. <laughs> and I've got thoughts. I guess that's not really my thought. What do you guys, what do you think? What do I think? Well, um, I think. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no, yeah. sorry. Listen to this. It says a city under siege, no matter how well guarded, will never survive without food. Whoa. And I just thought that was a really beautiful line. That's intense. And so praise the Lord Jerusalem. You are you are feeding her with real food. And then I just thought about the nature of persecuted Christians that like in some sense we're for a group of foreigners. We're we're in some in some sense we're like gypsies in the world. Yeah. Like we have no real home here. Yeah, even absolutely. though we, whenever we try to plant, we kind of. But at the same time, we do have cities, and there's a certain sense in which we do actually, and we need to be fed. And it's I a just, both and sort of a thing. 
Yeah. Mm. Just very Catholic. What are you thinking the about? The thing this? that stuck out to me, and I was reading the actual psalm, and I, I kind of saw this from Reardon as well, but I was reading the actual psalm, which, sorry, that Thanks. sounds weird. Yeah, this is th- the actual, I was reading the psalm in its entirety uh, in the Bible. That's what I meant to say. Got it. And there's this line, and Reardon says this is the interpretive key. Re- Patrick Henry Reardon has this commentary. Um, but it says, where is it? It says uh, something about, um, oh, here it is. It's in verse four. It says, he determines the number of the stars. God determines the numbers of the stars. If you're a Hebrew person and you're thinking about God numbering the stars, what Old Testament passage might you be reminded of? There's one very famous passage about numbering of stars. Oh, it's A.B. Yeah, Abraham. Remember when Abraham is told to go up and look Down at the stars and, and number them if he's able? Yeah, but and it's then it says like as daytime. The, yeah, and then it says as the sun was setting. So you can't see any of the stars. So God, so this psalm is, is in a certain sense defined by this line that God is the one who numbers the psalms. That reminds us of this time when Abraham was asked to look forward in faith to something he couldn't see, mm. to something unprecedented in his life, that God was going to lead him to something never before seen, never imagined, that he actually couldn't even conceptualize yet. Yeah. A something never known to his fathers. You keep using that word. What? Is there some sort of gravitational difference in the future? <laughs> unprecedented. Heavy. Heavy, yeah. It's from Back to the Future. <laughs> Come on, that was you know that, no, that was, was good. good. That was good. Yeah, just... I thought it was going to be a uh, Princess Bride reference. <laughs> I do not think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> I do not think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> but there's this reminder of God is doing something new. We can't see it yet. The man in the desert was it was imp- unprecedented, but it was merely a shadow of the unprecedented thing that he was yet to do, that their minds couldn't even conceive of yet. That was just one of the things I thought stuck out, sort of in the psalm. You know, that's just what I, I I thought stuck out. I mean, I'm basically a genius. No, I stole that. I already told you that. I know, but I stole part of it. You, but you're you're putting it together, man. I'm you're you're like I'm gonna call you the puzzle master. Ooh, hello, puzzle master. Can you guide us into the second reading, please? Yeah. yeah. So First Corinthians ten, um, brothers and sisters, the cup of blessing that we bless is it not a participation in the bread of Christ, blood of Christ? Yes. The bread that we break is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Yes. Because the loaf of bread is one. Loaf. We though many are one body, for we take a, a, the one loaf. Here's the thing Dude, about. I just really wish they would not have translated it as loaf. loaf. Dude, <laughs> loaf and jug. Loaf and jug. Like there's something about it's just I just don't like it. You know. I hate the word loaf. Yeah. I hate the term loaf and jug. I'm sorry. Oh, what if like the CEO of loaf and jug was ready to write a huge check to the Aquinas Institute? Well, dude, I, w- I will. Like, Forget I will, that. I'm ripping up this check. Well, I'll gladly Man. change my opinion towards loaf and loaf and jug and promote loaf and jug gladly. Absolutely. If the CEO decides to write a big I'm sure check to St. Thomas Aquinas. Um, here's the thing, though. I... The, the, the order that we get the readings in Mass is profound, and it's like the stair steps, right, up to the altar that is Jesus. But at the same time, you always sort of have to read the second reading in light of the Gospel. It, it, it's what comes next—Paul is writing a commentary on the Gospels, so chronologically it's later. So what the, the, what the first reading is pointing us to is this unprecedented man, and nobody ever expected this. Then the psalm is kind of taking us deeper, how God does things that you can't even imagine. You can't even co- conceptualize these things. Yeah. Jesus is going to make that literal in the gospel reading. And now Paul is actually taking it to the next step beyond that and saying, well, not only is it Jesus's literal body, but you now are actually a participation in that bread. So there's the bread from heaven. There's this unprecedented reality. There's Jesus who is the bread from heaven. And then Paul says, you are actually actually a part of that which which again it's sort of one step beyond the gospel because he's putting a practical application to the gospel 
So I don't mean to take them sort of out of order, but that's how I'm hearing this. Yeah, I mean, which I is totally unprecedented. Again, that's the theme I keep seeing in this that you couldn't have imagined. How could you ever imagine in the Old Testament? Not only that God's going to send bread from heaven, but his son will be bread. You will receive it into your body and become that. Uh, what? That's so, it's it's radically unprecedented. It's radically profound, unprecedented. <laughs> I just had to. Well, the, I mean, like, that is the core of uh, the entirety of our mystical lives. It is because and, you can't, ju- it's not enough just to be like, oh my God, even if you have the faith to say, wow. Yeah, Jesus literally, his body, it, this bread is becoming his body. This is amazing. If you don't take it to the next step, that's actually useless information. Yes. Oh, great. There's his body over there. Unless it actually has something to do with me. And this is, again, this is the scheme of Deuteronomy. Taking this past event, bringing it to the present moment for the sake of how we move into the future. Yes. Christ has died. Now Christ is risen. And Christ will come again. And we are actually living that out, living as a part of that. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. It's it's just wonderful, and that's what. The, in some ways, I think Paul is actually writing this specifically about the passage in Mark when they were debating about oh uh, who's uh, the greatest. You no, know, is there was only one loaf in the boat. Oh yeah, because I, I, I think that's a that, weird passage. Man. I think they're actually. I mean, I did not look at the Greek to compare it, but I, but but I think that that uh, this might actually be an interesting way of helping us to understand yeah. a Eucharistic reality from the Gospels if he's doing a commentary. Indeed. Louder Zion, your salvation. So we're going to skip this. <laughs> we're going to skip that. It, dude, the, the sequence is longer than all the other readings put together. Put together. But it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And it's our boy, St. Thomas. We John think, six, 61, 58, man. No. <laughs> 6, 51 through 58. 61, 58? 6, 51 through 58. Dude, this, this is like... It's not 61 through 58. Dude, this is like a crazy, like, inverted passage. It's been unprecedented to reverse oh the order on gosh. the numbers. It's just the best word I could think of to describe. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Unprecedented. Unprecedented. <laughs> Dude, um, this is like... This is the best. All right, speak to me. Um, Okay. Speak, your servant is listening. Okay. So let's talk about the Deuteronomy. Okay. So what's happening is that we've set this up in such a way to where we're seeing what is the second law? What is what is the second law? It is the heart. Okay, hold on. I'm no, coming. I just saw your Twitter post. I pray that God, Scott has something interesting. <laughs> you jerk. I do. Come on. You know that that's pretty funny. I uh, I'm going to share it on the link, you guys. Okay, sorry. Continue. Okay. Um, and so, <laughs> so it's just how I roll, man. Okay. So in Deuteronomy, we have the heart. And they're actually trying to get to the heart. Now, one of the cool things is Jesus is saying, this is my true flesh and my true blood. Unless you drink and eat of this, you don't have life within you. Right. Now, what is life? I mean, like in Deuteronomy, you're going to actually see today, choose life or choose death. What are you going to, what are you going to do? And, and then you have, um, you know, Isaiah who says, I'm going to take from your bodies, your stony hearts and give you hearts of flesh. Yeah living hearts. So what you're seeing actually in John 6 right here is he's saying that I'm actually going to give you true life, not not something that's actually made of law, but of of actually true relationship, of a true intimacy. And so... Um, as, as, he, as he's trying to like do this now, John six we know um, was would took place in Capernaum. Yes, actually, most likely at the Great White Synagogue, which I believe that Paul was most likely there. Okay, I don't know. What do you think of that idea? I don't know. I'm skeptical, but it's possible. 
because it's possible. It's possible that that because because Jesus went to the actually the place of the greatest education in any um, in any area around. That's I mean, it true. Was, it was kind of the college seminary. It was yeah. like the it was the college uh, synagogue. Yeah. And so That's he's true. he's actually trying to take the loftiest explanation. The loftiest theological reality and give an explanation for those who are most educated who might actually be able to see the precedent yeah. in the manna, even though I know it's all unprecedented. Yeah, but like but but to be able to actually see the pattern and to help th- them to understand, no, what does it actually mean to have true life? And that's actually where where this this manna is coming in. Yeah. I mean, this manna that is actually, it's its like the, the unprecedented manna actually leads into Jesus who takes that up and says, I'm going to actually take it to the next level. Ab- big time next level. Yeah. Like, I mean, like there's, there is nothing greater in this world. No, it's ridiculous. Yeah. That's cool. I like it. We will live forever, dude. We will live forever. It's true. Hopefully I don't live in the forever of condemnation. Hmm. No, try not to. I'm pretty much rooted in the fact that that's not what I want to do or what I'm going to be. Try not to. I have made a decision in the sufferings of my life that in the abundance of my gigantic printer (laughs) 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 that I will continue to live these things. And I think that, I mean, like, as as you see this, it's like God still has, I mean, Christ has come, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. Yeah. You know, what has happened? Uh, how did you say the pattern of catechesis again? The past, bringing the past into the present for the sake of the future. Yes. And like, and, but it, but in each one of those stages, it still is an unprecedented moment of yes. revelation. Yeah, that's like, true. now the fullness of revelation has actually taken place on this earth until we get the second coming. And then when all will be revealed yeah. entirely, and we are going to see things clearly as in the daylight. That's the thing. Right yes, now, we're that's in a dark, it. dingy nightclub just dancing our way to. The moon. Well, no, we're in... Okay, here's where the analogy is going to get crazy. We're in a beautiful, profoundly beautiful, amazingly designed nightclub with the lights off. Ah. We actually just can't see the reality around us, right? Isn't that sort of more the, that's more actually, the statement? Absolutely. We where, can't yeah, see the fullness great. of what's actually happening. So the lights are off on this beautiful, profound place. It, it's not the matrix. It's it, Right. It's, we're not in a different place. It's not something other than... I mean, when we go to mass, literally all of heaven comes to us. We meet, yes. you know, the saints and the angels are here. That's we just can't it, see the full reality of what's going on. And it always on. stresses me out in my preaching, dude. Oh, it should. Dude, I have to preach to all of heaven oh, every yeah. day. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, dude, oh, hug us. Like, I hope I'm not embarrassing myself too bad in front do of think, Mary. Do you think like half of heaven and the saints go to like Father Brady's mass and the other half go to the, go to the 5 p.m.? <laughs> Which mass are you going to? Oh, I'm sleeping. I'm going to the 11. I don't know. I just wanted that. Dude, who's the straight down man now, St. Francis, I didn't see you at 7.30 this morning. Oh, I went to the 9. He's like, man, I was tired, man. <laughs> I, was, I was up to talk to St. Catherine in Siena. Mm, and she, kept me, she kept me up all night, man, Indeed. talking. Indeed. Oh, no, hold on. Who, who is the St. Scholastica? Claire. Claire. Claire of Assisi? Claire of Assisi? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's probably not. None of this is probably true. <laughs> Dude, we're just using our Catholic imaginations to imagine what it's like to be at Mass with a bunch of different other Catholics and in heaven. Absolutely. When the lights are on, dude, and be like, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <sighs> no, you can, unless you're Oh, yeah, you are going home. <laughs> oh, yeah. You'll be thrown out where this wailing and gnashing of teeth. <laughs> that, no, would be, that would be no fun. Okay. You guys, you're the best. 
I can't believe you listen to this podcast. I can't, I can't believe can't believe you put up with us. I you can. Do. I think that. Oh I, no, me too. I think that you're you. I think that their prayers. At yeah. least that one dude who retweeted the the thing. I the, what was his name? What? Um. Yeah. Oh, the dude, Gatorade Sh- thing. Sh- Sean Embry retweeted this. Retweeted. Oh, he did. Yeah. He said, "Hey, put that on the Lanky guy's site." I can't. It won't let me do it. Oh, okay. I don't know how to do that. Cool. You have to show me how to run that. So here's we need a favor from you guys. We have a request. Request. Well, first of all, keep sending your emails to us. Keep finding us on Facebook and doing your Facebook thing. But then we need you to go to iTunes. We need you to go to the Lanky Guys page on iTunes, and you need to give us a review. Yeah. We need you to review us. If you like us, tell us we think you're, you think we're cool because we want to blow up on iTunes. Not because of us, right? This is the whole theme. We don't want us to blow up, but we want the scriptures to blow up because I don't yeah. think anybody is doing anything like this. I know we make fun of ourselves a lot and make fun of each other and it's kind of goofy. And, but and we say, also we, want, we wonder why you listen to us, but we, we actually do. know that this is really can be very helpful. And we want to give a platform to the scriptures in the way the church presents us presents them to us. And we want that to blow up because I don't see that anywhere else. So um, review us if you like us. Give us some stars, and um, yeah, maybe we'll show up in the in the noteworthy section. New of and the iTunes. yeah, not new and noteworthy, but old noteworthy. and noteworthy. <laughs> old and noteworthy. Old and crusty. And, and that's what I am. That's what we are. All right, you guys. Pray for Camp Wetiwa. Pray Ooh, for St. Thomas Aquinas. Absolutely. Pray for um, anything else you can think All of? the missionaries uh, who are on focus mission trips oh. around the world. And the new focus missionaries who are getting all trained yep. in Florida. We have a, swamp. a Diana is going to be our new nice. focus missionary and here. And Shelby. Shelby. And who's Di- and not Diana. a new focus missionary. Diana is a long A, like pistachio. Oh, Diana. Like Brianna. We're excited, Diana. Diana and Brianna. Bri- Diana and Brianna. I think that Diana and Brianna will be good friends. They will be very we're gonna friends. Ki- we're going to stop talking. Now. Okay. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. You guys are the best. Pray for us. We will pray for you. I will. And we will see you next week. We will. Word on the Hill is a production of the Aquinas Institute for Catholic Thought here in beautiful Boulder, Colorado, www.thomascenter.org. You can also send us an email at lankyguys at thomascenter.org. See you next week.